Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. We are still on our series, Cornelius, The Power of One, and I am delighted that you have chosen to spend your time with us. It is Cornelius, The Power of One, and today we are in part six. I am Grace Tom Lawyer. Today we are just going to continue our lesson, but for the sake of those who might just have been joining us for the first time, I'll just do a quick recap from where we have been since. So we started this study about six weeks ago, looking at the life of Cornelius. One of the things we were quite interested in was the fact that this was the man that when God decided to reach out to the Gentiles, this was the man that he used. He was sort of like the bridge. I began to wonder what exactly was it about his life that made his life one that was suitable to be that that was used. And we've looked at several things. We started looking at the Book of Acts. We looked at the book of Acts in summary from chapter 1 to where we were, and we looked at Acts chapter 9. We saw two miracles. We saw Apostle Peter, who happens to be somebody in this story. And then the whole of the story of Cornelius is actually found in Acts chapter 10. We began to consider Acts chapter 10. In the very first lesson, we looked at verse 1, looking at Cornelius. We saw that this man, God was concerned about him. We said he was a working man. We said God knew his name. God knew where he stayed. These are things that God is concerned. God is concerned about our agenda, where we live, where we work. I'm going to look at further characteristics about this man, Cornelius, found out that this man, Cornelius, apart from all of these things that the Bible had said, we said that this man was devout. We said that this man knew how to control his household. He led his household worshipfully. He walked in the light that he knew. He didn't know all, but the light that he knew, he walked in it, and people around were able to testify that this man is a good man. This is a man that was seeking God. And we said when we got to part two that Cornelius was a man also who was a man of prayer. We not only say he was a man of prayer, the Bible tells us that he was a man who gave gifts to the poor. So he his spiritual life was also seen in his physical life. He was not just talking to God. He was also reflecting and talking and treating people around him right. He knew how to treat the people around him right. He was a centurion, which meant that he was someone who had about 100 soldiers under him. And we said then that he was also under some other people. So he knew how to exercise authority. He also knew how to be under authority. He was this kind of man. And we looked at the power of prayer, the power of a place of prayer, the power of regularity in prayer. We looked at the pattern in Cornelius prayer like that. Cornelius didn't just go to the place of prayer and talk, talk, talk. When he went to the place of prayer, God spoke back to him. When he got to the place of prayer, he was there alone. Guess what? He got a vision and a vision told him what to do. We moved on further to say concerning Cornelius, we found him to be a man who was a man of quick obedience. Immediately he was told this is what you should do. And even in the place of amazement, in the place of utter surprise, he still had the right words. He had the words of respect. He said to the angel, who are you, sir? He had the right words. He said the right question. He asked the right question. And following that, he was told what to do. And we said, Cornelius' obedience was immediate, something for us to emulate. He sent immediately for Peter and he did not just send for Peter. We said that Cornelius was a man who knew how to delegate. He called one of the soldiers who lived with him and two other people. And the Bible says that that soldier that lived with him was also a devout man. We said one of, another thing about the life of Cornelius that we learned was that this man was a man that surrounded himself with good company. This was a man who had as friends, who had as close associates, people that also feared God, people that shared his vision. He was also a man who was humble enough to delegate. He didn't just send the people. He didn't just use his authority like that. He explained to them in detail all that the angel had said and then he sent them off. We believe he made provisions for them. He did what he could do. He delegated and these people went. And then the story moved on. The other parts moved on. We looked at Apostle Peter because we saw him again. This time again back in Joppa about 
35 miles away from Caesarea, Apostle Peter was praying. We saw another look again at the place of prayer, looking at the pattern and the place of prayer. We saw that Peter was in the place of prayer. He was hungry and while he was waiting for food to be eaten, that God gave him, he also had another vision. We said his was an open vision again, almost like Cornelius. And we said that Apostle Peter in that vision was shown by God things to do. And we said that one of the things we looked at in life of Apostle Peter was there was also a time of prayer. We also said that he was going to get to where God wanted him to get to by beginning to drop down some of the strongholds, some of the things that he had always had. And he was saying, no, Lord. And sometimes we ask ourselves that are there times where God is moving us to something higher and something better and we're refusing because we have always known this is how we've always done it. So we, we learned from Apostle Peter the need for us to be open to what God is doing, open to the new doors that God is opening for us, open to the leading as it were of the Spirit. And then we saw that Apostle Peter had some encounter in the place of prayer. So that the place of prayer should be a place of encounter. It shouldn't just be a place where we come and blab away. We should hear from God. It should be a place of repentance. It should be a place of encouragement. It should be a place of leading where we know this is the next thing and the next place to go. And we should have our burdens lifted up whenever we come to the place of prayer. We finished that and then we saw that Apostle Peter went down after his encounter and he met those men. And we said that the Spirit said to him, there are three men downstairs looking for you. Go and meet them. And when he got downstairs, guess what? Those men were actually there waiting and looking for him. And he asked them, when he got there, he found out, he asked them what they wanted. And these men began to talk about their leader. They were not paid to talk about their leader. We went back again to the man Cornelius, speaking about this man. The people who were under him, when he was not present, had something good to say about him. These were people that lived in his home. And there's nothing like people knowing you more than those people who see you every day, morning, afternoon, evening. And the people who lived with Cornelius still had something good to say about him. He is indeed a man who is worth emulating. And so we would continue our study today as we look at his life. We'll go on further in our verses. So if you just turn with me today again, we're looking at the Acts chapter 10. I am reading primarily from the New Living Translation, but as you know, if you've been following us, the fact that I look at several other translations and I also show some translations just to bring up things that um, a, a translation may have shown better. So we're going now to Acts chapter 10 and one of the things uh, we're going to be looking at is, we'll go down that I believe the last time we stopped at verse 14. No, we started at verse 14 and then we stopped at verse 22. I'll just go and read verse 21 so as to keep it grabs to where we are. The Bible says here, it says, So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, We have been sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. Verse 23, So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day, he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. Hallelujah. So, that, that's just the, the, the very last verse I read is the verse that we're going to be looking at now. Bible says that Peter um, asked these people what they had come for and then they told him about what they had come for. And he said that he were able to do this because Cornelius had equipped them properly. And he said that if we're ever going to get things done when we're not there, we should be ready to equip people properly, teach them, give them the right tools, let them know the, the right knowledge so that they'll be able to execute our vision, execute what we want them to execute. Bible says that Peter asked these people, and one of the things we said 
last week that although Peter had been told by the angel, you know, although Peter had heard the voice from the spirit saying, listen, when you meet those people, go with them. He didn't just go with them. He still asked them. So sometimes just the fact that we've heard from God does not stop us from asking the right questions. Just because we've heard from God does not mean we should just move about. Okay, he just has to follow them. If he doesn't find out from them, why have you come? He will not know what provision, where are they going to? I mean, the spirit said, go with them. Just, you know, if, if they're going to go to don't say Jamaica. Does he know where exactly they are going to? He needed to ask them. And because he asked them, he was able to plan better. Because he asked them, he was able to equip himself better. He was even, we saw here when we read that he actually got some other people to follow him. So we see Apostle Peter here. He's not just moving blindly. He's been told by the Spirit. But remember that the Spirit didn't tell him what the men had come for. All the Spirit told him was, he said, go with the men. And you see, in every of our dealing with the Spirit of God, child of God, I tell you that there is something for us to do. Do. Hallelujah. There is something for us to do. The angel only said to him, go and meet these people and um, go with these people. And then he had to ask the people, what exactly the angel, what exactly have you come for? Hallelujah. So let's just turn around. These people said that they've come on behalf of Cornelius and they were able to divulge the right information. And I want that child of God, when we are sent, when we're giving duties to do, are we able to do it very well? Or do we just carry it out in such a haphazard fashion that it makes it difficult? Imagine if these people did not know what exactly had transpired between Cornelius and the angel. What if as Cornelius was telling them, because we see that Cornelius did tell them, what if they were not really listening? What if they're just thinking, oh, what a disappointment. Oh, I had things to do today. This one that's oh, um, the boss is sending me to go all the way to Joppa. But they listened well, so they were able to do the right things. They were able to discuss. They were able to let Peter know what Cornelius had said. They let Peter know what Cornelius had said. And we see that Peter, he had already been prepared in the place of prayer. And so it was easy for him to go along with the dedication. It was easy for him not to really have any resistance. And his asking them was not a sign of resistance. It was just a sign of wisdom. And the next thing we see here is that the Bible says that he so Peter invited verse 23 the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. That's another thing for us to learn. That's something there to learn. The Bible says that he invited the men to stay for the night. It wasn't really his house, but I'm sure he was welcome as a guest and he was able to invite these people. He said to them, Oh, stay for the night. I, I don't want us to gloss over that because I tell you that in that time there were hotels. Remember, remember that the good Samaritan had to go to an inn and he kept that man who was injured in the inn and said to the inn, keeper oh if you take care of him when i come take this money if you have spent more i will pay you i remember that even during the time of jesus guess what mary and mary and joseph they tried to to get into an inn but they couldn't eventually they had to stay in the they had to give birth to jesus in the stable so that tells us that there were inns that tells us that he could have just said oh please oh, i'll follow you tomorrow go and sort out yourself no 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 he extended hospitality a child of god i tell you that as a child of god it's important for us to extend hospitality so Sometimes the hospitality we extend is some of the things that will bring somebody to Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we should not be, uh, we should not, we should learn to entertain strangers. Why? Because some people have entertained angels unawares like that. People have entertained angels unawares like that. I remember there are several times where I'll be in a city and I'm trying to look for a place and then I'll ask someone. Sometimes some people, you ask them, but they'll just go by like they didn't hear you. Whereas some people just direct you to the wrong place. And you know, I've learned my lesson. I don't just ask one person and follow the person. I hold my Google map. I ask one, two, three people and be sure that, you know, the direction is in the right direction before going ahead. The Bible says that Apostle Peter, he welcomed these people and he had them to stay for the night. And I'm sure they ate part of the meal. They ate 
house of the meal that was being prepared for Peter. They felt welcome. They slept. And the Bible says that the next day he went with them accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. I love that. He didn't go alone. Apostle Peter didn't go alone. Yes, God had sent him. Yes, God had told him this was a sure word from God. Everything had come to pass, but he had the Christ company. I don't know if we see the similarity between the life of Peter and the life of Cornelius. Remember the life of Cornelius when he was told by the angel to, you know, send for people. Guess what Cornelius did? Cornelius called people in his household. Um, he had good people in his household to call for. And then we see here in the life of Apostle Peter, when it was time for him to go and do what he was commanded by God to do, guess what he did? He followed, he asked some other people to follow him. I want to believe that these people didn't follow Peter out of compulsion. I want to believe that it's the good attitude, the good relationship that Peter had with these people that made them to follow him. And I don't want us to be ignorant of the fact that these people could have had their plans already for the day. They could have had their plans what they were going to do the next day. They could have, you know, they could have told some other people, oh, I'll meet you here and I'll meet you there. But no, they dropped everything and they followed Apostle Peter. And Apostle Peter knew that it was crucial for there to be weaknesses. Child of God, sometimes there are some of the things that we're struggling with and it's just because we've not gone with weaknesses. You know, one of the things with weaknesses is you're having several other eyes to see something. And you know that we can't see everything. So when you have different people see the things with us. Sometimes they will see more than what we have seen. And then it was important for Peter to take these people with him. Why? Because this is something that is strange. This is something that he even struggled with in the place of prayer. When God, when that sheet came down and he saw all kinds of unclean and not unclean, guess what? He didn't, didn't want to eat. He did not, he did not want to eat. And so imagine that when these people came, when he was going to them, he knew that this was a record breaking place. He knew that this was, this was going to be a record meeting. This was a meeting that was like no other. And he had to take people to go with him. And so they, they left again this time around. Remember the journey between Joppa and, and um, Cicera was not an easy one. It was something that was going to take about a day's journey. So let's look at the next verse there. We go to verse 24 now, Acts chapter 10. Bible says they arrived in Cicera the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. I love that. I really, really love that. I love that because that tells me so much about the man Cornelius. Bible says that Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. Let's look at what the message tells us about that. It says the next morning, he got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. So Apostle Peter had friends. He was not too spiritual not to have friends. He had friends. Went along. A day after later, they entered Cicera. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. Hallelujah. The power of expectation. Sometimes we're not receiving anything because we do not expect anything. We do not expect anything. The Bible says here, let's look at the wife Cliff Bible translation. It says, and Cornelius, and the, and the other day he entered into Cicera and Cornelius are both there with his cousins and necessary friends that, that were called together. So we see Cornelius, he had his friends, he had his relatives, he called all of them together. And I tell you that those people also had what they were doing before Cornelius called them. Cornelius called his relatives, his kinsmen, his close friends. The Bible says that they were all waiting to meet Peter. Cornelius was, was expecting them and expecting Peter and they were all waiting to meet Peter. I like that fact that they were all waiting to meet Peter. That tells a lot about the man Cornelius. He did not only get these people together to wait, but he actually was able to transfer, he was actually able to communicate the vision to these people that also brought a sense of expectation in the hearts of these people. Cornelius was not just going alone. Cornelius was not just expecting Peter alone. He was expecting Peter and he had moved the people around him as it were to expect Peter. It was an act of faith. It was an act of childhood faith. He didn't know what Peter was going to say. He just he just knew that what God had said was sent for this Peter. When this Peter comes, he will tell you the 
way to go. And he didn't want to have it alone. He thought about his friends and he thought about his relatives. I child of God, I wonder how often do we think about our friends and our relatives? What are those relatives of ours that do not know Jesus? What are we doing with them? How are we living? How is our life with them? Is our life the kind that we can call them to say, come and they will come? Because there's a way you would have related to somebody that will cause them to, that will summon them. Guess what? They were waiting. They didn't know when is this Peter going to come? They didn't even know if Peter was going to follow these people to come. Because imagine, it was a Jew-Gentile situation. Imagine how it was at that time. They didn't know any of this were going to, was going to happen. But Cornelius, having heard from God, he, he delegated to the to his servants what to do. And he did something. Hallelujah. The power of one. Cornelius did something. Cornelius didn't just send people to go and work and he didn't do anything. No, 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 no. The Bible says that he did his own. He played his own part. And in the in the process of playing his own part, guess what? He did what he could do. He sent for his relatives. He didn't ask the, the servants to send for his relatives. No, he sent for his relatives himself. So he did that which only him could do. And the ones that other people could do, he let them do it. And he's an actor. Of humility is an act of humility to be able, as it were, to delegate to others. It's also an act of humility to do that which we can do. It's not um, humility not to want to do anything at all. To say, oh no, no, I can't do this. I can't do. It. No, there was something Cornelius could do, and Cornelius did it. Cornelius used what he could do. He did what he could do, and the things that others could do, he was able and humble enough to give it to them. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. So that's where we've come to. That's um, us in verse twenty-three, I believe. Yes, that's us in verse 23, looking at what Cornelius did, looking at the fact that Cornelius had childlike faith, Cornelius had good relationships with the people around him, was able to send for them, he was able to convince them, speak to them concerning what God had said, and they were all waiting for Apostle Peter, hallelujah. And so let's look at verse 24, they arrived in Caesarea the following day, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and the close friends, sorry, verse 25, as Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. Hmm. Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. There's so much wisdom packed there. There's so much wisdom packed there. Hallelujah. There's so much wisdom packed there. The Bible says that as Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet. So Cornelius, I believe that Cornelius was somewhere else waiting and just looking out, expecting Peter. Because the Bible says that they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Hallelujah. So there were people who were waiting in one place like this. Why Cornelius was actually really, really in expectation that he immediately, when he saw Peter, he went ahead. He, he, he grabbed Peter. The Bible says that he fell at his feet. And when he fell at his feet, Peter said, no, 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 don't worship me. I'm a human being just like you. And I love that because it tells us we've seen another place where worship was refused in this whole story of Cornelius. Remember the first time when Cornelius saw the angel, he was about worshiping the angel, but the angel didn't want him to worship him. And we said, we talked about angels that were not supposed to worship angels because they are ministering, they are ministering spirits. They're actually messengers to minister also to us. And we see another refusal of worship here. Peter refused for Cornelius to worship him. I don't want to say child of God, that sometimes we need to be careful, making sure that people do not worship us. And sometimes might not just be worshiping us as it were, kneeling and falling down, but even people worshiping us with the way they go about, the way they carry us. And some of these things happen because there's a way we put ourselves. Some of these things happen because we place ourselves in some pseudo God, where we place ourselves in, in some box that makes it look like we don't have the daily struggles that people have. But we do have those daily struggles. Even Apostle Paul talked about the daily struggles. If we look at Romans chapter 7, that was Apostle Paul, the great Apostle 
to talking about his struggle with the flesh, talking about the fact that sometimes the good he wants to do, he finds himself not doing it. And I tell you that Peter did not allow Cornelius to worship him. Peter stopped every form of worship. The worship belongs to God. Peter allowed, Peter, Peter said, no, you should not worship me. I'm a human being like you. And we need to relate to people like that. We need to make people know that we are like them. The message says, I'm a man and only a man, no different from you. I'm a man like only a man, no different from you. Stand up. I am a man. Stand up. I am too. I'm only a man. And we've said that it's so important. And there are many ways to go about letting people know that we are only men. Sometimes being vulnerable in the place where we are could help people realize that we are just men and there's nothing. God could be using us to do great things, but making people realize that, listen, we're just men. This Apostle Peter is the same person who was hungry. And while he was hungry, he had a vision of drip, of eating food and all of that. So he had his own he had his own issues. He had his own challenges and he did not allow worship to go on. And the Bible says that he kept talking on with Cornelius. So they spoke. I was say that, that tells me that Peter must be someone who's got good emotional intelligence. Even Cornelius, you're just meeting somebody for the first time, the ability to carry out a conversation, the ability to be able to say things that will interest them, the ability to look out for the other person, what interests the other person, what would be good for the other person to hear. We see all of that happening here. We see we see Peter, as it were, who was able to have a conversation with Cornelius and as they had that conversation, they went they, they went and they found many other persons gathered. Hallelujah. They found a lack in short. One translation says, Peter continue to speak with Cornelius as they went inside. There he found a large group of people. Wow, wow. A large group of people. I tell you that this Cornelius was somebody who was, he definitely was a man of means. He was a man of means to have had enough a, 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 to have had the kind of crowd that the Bible says that there was a large group of people there. He was a, definitely a man of means to have been able to call his relatives because I'm sure those relatives were not just sitting down there. I'm sure they must have been entertained while they were waiting to hear why Cornelius had called them, while they were waiting to see what is this Apostle Peter going to say. The Bible says that when Peter Peter went in, he found a house that was filled with people. There, were, there was a large crowd. Many people were gathered. Many people were gathered. And I tell you that the gathering of many people is the evidence of the life of Cornelius, the power of one, the power of one. He was just one man. God said to him, send for Peter. Hallelujah. And I tell you, he was not selfish. He was this kind of man. He had a generous spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know if you're like me, but every time I look at the life of this Cornelius, there are things, there are glimpses, there and James to be received from it. He had a generous spirit. It's only a generous spirit. He knows that something good is going to happen. And guess what? He sends for his relatives. He doesn't want to hear it alone. He sends for them. He keeps enough people to in his house. And I tell you that he must have kept them entertained. It must have cost Cornelius something. Okay, we, we didn't even entertain them. Guess what? When after they left, they're not going to clean the house. Imagine how many people come into the house. That was a hospitable spirit. The power of one Cornelius. This man that God used when it came to the time. God had seen this man. God had looked at this man. God saw that this man was the kind of man that if good comes he would let his people know that if there's something good to be received, he will not receive it alone. He will not be selfish. He will not just be thinking about himself, me, myself and I. No, he sent for his friends. He sent for his cousin. He sent for his kinsmen. He sent for his relatives. He said come, there is something good and that's how I had to be child of God. I had to be the kind of heart that is ready to do something about the good news of the word of God. He's ready to stretch ourselves about the word of God. He's ready to, ready to do something about about it, go and beyond. And you might be thinking that, oh, perhaps in the environment I live, I cannot spread the gospel. I cannot do as I used to do it the other time. Then watch what is the culture. What are the things that are going to appeal to the people around you? And ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. I believe that the Holy Spirit has different strategies. He has enough strategy for the different encounters that we face. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says a lot of people were there. Cornelius, the power of one. He had gathered enough people to come and hear the gospel. Why Peter took some people with him following 
accompany him to see what was going to happen. Cornelius himself also had all people in expectation. Child of God, what is your expectation? What is your expectation concerning what God has said? Because sometimes we don't have an expectation. Sometimes we feel that we've waited for so long and then the, the expectation has just died. But child of God, this morning, I just wanted, I remember a verse that I had this morning as I was praying and that verse was that he that believeth shall not make, shall not be disappointed. He that believeth shall not make haste. What God has said to you is able to perform it. You're looking at the life of Cornelius and the life of Peter. Cornelius had been told, listen, send for Peter. He will come and say something to you. He will teach you the way better. And then Peter had been told, go and meet Cornelius. How did Peter know that he was going to have a great revival meeting? I mean, this was a meeting without any posters, without any tweets, without any Instagram posts. Guess what? There was a crusade already brewing or people were there and God knows how to arrange things for us. I'm getting excited here. God knows how to arrange things for us if we only allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. What if, I don't even know how to say how to say what it means to be led by the Spirit, but imagine if Peter said to them, oh, okay, let me pray about it again. Let me hear. But he had heard already from God. There was no unnecessary delay. The very next day, he appeared in the house of Cornelius and Cornelius himself knew that, okay, so if this man arrived in um, Joppa, it will take a certain time for them to get back and he got his people ready. He got his people ready. Hallelujah. I think that we can still do the last verse before we close for today. My eye is on the clock and we're looking at the time. So let's see the next verse. So it says, so they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Verse 28, Peter told them, you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. <laughs> wow. So we see here again that Peter still gets here. Yes, the messengers had told him what he had, uh, what, what exactly I have. But Peter still gets here and let them know that this is not, a, this is not, this is a very, 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 very interesting um, um, encounter. The Jews were not allowed those days, somehow unlawful to mix with the Gentiles. No, 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 mixing with the Gentiles was not just it. And he had always had that notion all his life, but he was able to change when there was a time when God showed him a new light, when God showed him that, listen, I am opening the door also for the Gentiles. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians that Jesus came to make peace. The Bible says that he broke the middle wall of partition between us and God, oh, making a place for Jews and Gentiles. Peter said to these people, listen, God has shown me this thing. And because God has shown me, that is why I have come. Child of God, what are the things that God has shown you? What have you done about those things that God has shown you? Because it's one thing for God to show us something. It's another thing for us to do something about what God has said. Because if we don't do something about what God has said, guess what? We have not really learned it. Until we put that knowledge to practice, we have not really learned it. Peter himself is putting the knowledge, what God has shown to him, he's putting him to practice. And he said to these people that, listen, God has shown me that no more should I be looking at this person as Gentile and this person as Jew because he has accepted everyone. And then he said, why have you sent for me? Why have you sent for me? Hallelujah. We're not going to look at, uh, we're not going to look at Cordelus reply today because this is all and this is where we're going to stop today, stopping here at verse 29. But I believe that God has shown us some things today. I believe that there's some things we've looked at and learned from the life of Cornelius. Seeing this man, seeing this man with a generous spirit, seeing this man that was hospitable, seeing this man that was humble enough, even when he met Peter that he had not seen before, he was already there, ready to worship. And then he was stopped. And even when he was stopped, guess what? He did what he was. When he was told, don't do this, he didn't do it. And he he was a man with good emotional intelligence, was able to have a conversation with somebody he had not had before. We said that Cornelius was a man who did what he could do. He delegated, but the fact of we inviting his relatives, he went about inviting them and said, we can do something. We can spread the gospel. We can call people together in whatever way, depending on our culture, the culture around us, we are able to do something to share the word. He hadn't heard anything, but Cornelius had such a generous 
generous spirit that he was able to call other people to come and hear what he was expecting. He was expecting good news. We said there's a need for us to have, there's a need for us to have expectation, expectation of what God has said, because what God has said, he's able to do it. I looked at Peter also, several things from Peter, that Peter did not just follow this man. He found out, he asked them, why have they come? Peter was hospitable. It was a time where they still had ease. He could have told them to go and reside in the hotel and all that, but no, he invited them. He allowed them to stay in the house that night before following them the next day. I would say Peter also had good company. He took with him some brothers, some friends followed him while he went about doing what God had asked him to do. And Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for the things that we've seen in the life of Cornelius. We thank you for your showing us the power of one, what one man can do, one man who is yielded to you, one man who is yielded to the things that you are saying, what you can do to the man. Because to Cornelius, Father, all of his relatives kept the gospel. And when we go further in the story, we know that they became saved. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you will help us, Father, even to be amenable to you, to follow your leading, to go with you as you are leading us, to go as you are showing us step by step and precepts upon precepts so that we will not lose where you are taking us to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive strength today to be hospitable. We receive strength today to have a passion for the people around us that do not know you. We receive strength to relate well with the people around us, to our relatives, to our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, so that when it's time to share the word, we'll be able to share it. Thank you for opportunities to share the word as we go this week. Blessed be your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.